0: and Redmond are the thong slappers they're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast hey g'day folks it's Simon here and welcome to episode eight of the thong slappers Redmond how are you going mate all right
1: yeah good mate not too bad at all I've uh, been in the wars a bit lately as you know but you know what that's about I'm sure Well, I mean, a sex change is a
0: pretty thorough operation. There's probably a lot of ups and downs that go along with that. Well, there probably used to be, but not so much these days. Was it really like peeling a banana than pushing it back through itself?
1: Fuck you. (laughs) I just want to be known as Loretta. I want you to call me Loretta from now on. It's Simon and Loretta.
0: Loretta. All right, then.
1: Loretta. Loretta. I've been in hospital for a, uh, a hernia repair thanks to a fucking BMX.
0: Well, that's what happens when you get older. You just don't recover from stacks like you used to. That's why.
1: Being 45 years old and on a BMX is almost disrespectful, really, isn't it? It's just, you're just asking for it.
0: Well, the thing is, if you don't feel like it's disrespectful, as in yourself, the 13-year-olds at the BMX park will soon tell you that you're old and you shouldn't be there.
1: Yeah, so... Well, the, the crazy thing about it is that anaesthesia, give or anaesthetic, Gives me uh, constipation. I'm always constipated when I come out. So, for the last 12 hours, I've been playing Laxette Roulette. Have you ever played that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I, I kind of guess where this is going. Well, it's like regular Russian roulette. You know, you've got six six farts, and you know that one of them is going to be loaded. So, like, <laughs> the, the only. <laughs> like a shot. Yeah. It is. Well, the only joy I've been getting from it is I've been wearing my thongs. So when I run down the hallway on that sixth one, it sounds like dead set fucking lynchy in a HX Premier, A. Eh? It's like... <laughs> down the hallway, eh? It's fucking terrible. But, um, yeah, is, it's, uh,
0: is that like when you bust and you go to the toilet and you're running up the stairs and you go... <laughs> with each step when
1: you've got like high pressure system happening? Well, so you don't know because it could be the third fart. It could be like this, you know, the deer hunt. Have you seen the movie yeah. The Deer Hunt?
0: Oh, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This
1: could be the empty round or whatever. This might just be the fart. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's
0: funny talking about
1: like, laxatives and
0: things like that. You know, like, we're always talking about how, you know, like, always being stuffed for time, like, pressed for time. And I always say to you, man, my life is like just playing a game of Tetris where I try and jam everything into certain times of day. Like, say, for example, like, I'll turn the kettle on while I have a whiz. Or, you know, like, while I'm cooking something in the microwave, I'm making a sandwich for the next day. Like, there's never any wasted time. Like, I make all my phone calls when I'm driving in my in my ute on the hands-free. There's no downtime. It's always jam-packed in like, a, like an awesome game of Tetris, but it's just not that awesome because you realize when you spend your life rushing so much, you don't actually get to enjoy anything. But what I find is, and this is just purely coincidental, like, When you go to the toilet, say, you know, for the morning bog on the toilet, I find that's when I do a lot of my texting and I read all your texts. And I find that if I read your texts and respond to you, this is a visionary. Every time you get a text message for me, you're going to go, great, he's on the toilet. But I find actually a lot lot of the time your text messages have a laxative effect and reading your stuff. So it kind of has a bit of a double whammy.
1: You think I give you the shits? (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know what I think they're just always there you just help them along so anyway what
1: about, what about Gus at stay home bloke where he's having a coffee on the toilet talking about being busy and stuff like that he, oh. what, what that just astounded me at that, at that time I, I think I texted you at the time I couldn't believe that. That's that's pretty cool
0: Look, the thing is with Gus, and look, Gus is a great guy. He's a great friend of Thong Slappers, and he's is he, your mutt? he's he's probably the first mutt. He um runs a fantastic page on Facebook called All Things Bogan, and he does some fantastic videos on YouTube too called the Gus Bus series, and these things are are hilarious. And he built a VC Valiant wagon Gassy years ago called Pork Hunt. And, as in, two words, two words. But the thing with Gus is now, like, he's got like seven kids under the age of three. Like, he's got twins and triplets and all this stuff going on. And he is the world's, he's a stay-at-home dad, of course, hence his name. And he is like the world's busiest bloke. And he sends me these photos of just things that are going astray in his household. And if you see those photos, you'll understand why he just locks himself in the toilet and has a coffee. I think it's just like his timeout. He puts himself in timeout. So,
1: yeah. Uh, that, that's why when you first turned me on to Instagram, or whatever, and started, we started doing a few bits and pieces. One of the very first things I would get was Gus on the toilet having a coffee. I'm like, how can that be the same thing? How can being on the toilet and having a coffee be the same movement? I've, I text you, I was quite disturbed at the time, mate. And you're, like, you're like, wait till you have kids, mate. Yeah, and that's
0: the thing too. Like, I guess maybe, depending what sort of coffee it is, it could be a laxative effect. So, it could be cause and effect in one sitting, but... Yeah, I don't know. But you know what the worst part is or the scariest part about this conversation is we were actually just opening the show and we've got sidetracked <laughs> into this straight away, which is good. I mean, it's fine. You might as well talk about what we're talking about. We've always said the thong slappers is just your and my phone calls we always have just basically well, recorded. That's all it really if, comes down to.
1: If we can't talk toilet humor and tit jokes, will then, mate, we've got no content. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, well, who says you need to grow up? It's definitely not something peter, i'm really you know doing too well so peter pan <laughs> so what's been happening besides you know like uh, operations and stuff
1: oh i've just been working in bits and pieces my uh grease change as i called it i uh, got out of the grease a little while ago and I'd done a career change just come to a grinding halt and i'm back to the spanners ah okay how are you finding that well how well, do I, you find that do you think ah it'll be all right mate it's what i know it's what, it's, it's what it is but uh yeah, I kind of miss being the the, the class clown sort of thing. in, in any workshop, you know, what it is you got to be the class clown sort of thing. Or the yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not the hall monitor or the prefect. I kind of fit in well in a workshop to be in the. <laughs> you know, what? you get to a certain age. You get to 40, you get to 45, and you can load the bullets. You, you finally think you can load the bullets when somebody says, "Oh, you know, this is wrong in the workshop, or this is not right." Instead of getting involved in that, you can load the bullets for the young guys to go and put their neck on the block.
0: It's quite fun. It is true. And it's funny you say that. Like, I think to myself now, I'm at that age now where I'm happily going to be the grumpy cunt at work (laughs) as far as, you know what? If I'm going to sit there and read the paper, I'm going to read the paper. If someone wants to feel uncomfortable approaching me for a conversation, feel uncomfortable. I really don't care. And like good mate, Macca, he's the same. And because we work together, we kind of just, you know, are like the twins of that and we just sort of feed off each other as far as that goes where you're just so sick of bullshit and you're so sick of like cockheads who can't mind their own business, which is what it is a lot with, with my particular work, not street machine, my actual, my real job. But um yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. It's just sort of at that point now, well, you know what, mate, if people can't mind their own business, I shall as hell do my best in my own business, but if people can't mind their own business with me, I just let them know. It's kind of like Michael Douglas in that fantastic movie called Falling Down. You've got to see that. And that movie pretty much sums up, I guess, most of us. Most of us as you hit your 40s, just how you react to certain situations and, and things like that. And a total intolerance for dumb shit, I think.
1: So have you seen that movie before? I haven't seen it, but I think I've seen a couple of the uh, the punchlines from it, where he what his car shifts itself in traffic and yeah, he just gets yep. out. I've seen a couple of the punchlines. Oh, you know what? I'm terrible with movies. I don't have the attention span. My lovely wife Deborah, when we're watching a film, she gets where the fuck are you going? I'm going, oh, I don't know. I just That's why I have to watch like, the, soprano, <laughs> the, sopranos, the Sopranos or The Wire. I think it's 30, 45-minute blocks where I can jump in and I can join sure. it or I can leave it. A whole couple of hours sitting still for me is just fucking I can't do it. Eh? It's, it's, you know, or or I have, I've got the terrible habit of watching the same film over and over, like Forrest Gump, you know, or like just running on empty. I just watch the Mad Max. Um, Convoy.
0: Oh, yes. stop it. <laughs> oh, great movie. You know, it, it's it's dead right. I find, as a bit of an old man thing now, like I've been watching a lot of, I guess, like British TV, like um, St. Lucy and I, we watch a lot of the, the British series. At the moment, we're watching Luther. It's a great show, fantastic show about this English copper who's a bit nutty and um, great series. I think it's into about its fourth season now. But the thing is, I'm finding, as I get older, I can't understand what they're saying. It's like, have you got a fucking video? And I we're actually <laughs> watching terrible. it we're actually watching it with subtitles on for that reason. So I can actually <laughs> understand what's being said because I just kind of don't you know, I, I I have to play back and rewind stuff all the time to hear exactly what's being said. Which is kinda of scary too, I suppose. But anyway. Hey, um, speaking of you and your actual operation, you know where we missed you, don't you?
1: No uh yes, I'm have to make some apologies here. Was it was at uh I'm almost crying here, mate. The Queensland Drag Challenge.
0: Yep, Street Machines Drag Challenge weekends. Yeah, it was a shame not to have you there. It would have been fantastic, like, no question. And, um, yeah, it was kind of, you know, disappointing not to have you riding Shotgun, too. Like, as far but, as. But I think
1: you may have made up. Yeah, I think you had somebody else ride Shotgun. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, yeah. St. Saint- Lucie?
0: St. Lucy kept the seat warm, so there was no problems there. She did, you know, try to do as, as good as she could to did fill in for you. Well, I was about to say, the fart jokes weren't as good. So, you know, all the slagging or yelling out the window at people. But she had a good crack at it. She'll always have a go. So, um, but look, it was a fantastic weekend. That was April 13, 14, 15. And as part of that weekend, of course... Um, I was actually covering the Dial Your Own class for Street Machine Magazine, like the Turbo Smart DYO. And man, I've got to tell you, like, I started racing at Willowbank in the early 90s, of course, then did a lot of street meets, did the performance streetcar Shootout. So I've had a bit of experience with Dial Your Own racing. But mate, these days, it's a totally different kettle of fish. Seriously. Have you done much Dial Your Own?
1: I've, the only thing I've ever drag raced is my road bike, to be quite honest, and I have to be honest with this. I've never drag raced a car, mate. I've been at a to Townsville uh, drag strip when the, before it shut down, and I raced my road bike. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and the thing is, I turned up to the lights, and I didn't know what to do. You know, I'm thinking green-red, <laughs> and and my brother's beside me on his bike, I, so no, sorry, I, I haven't done any car drag racing at all, so yeah. Right. So, it, hang on. Was that the
0: Townsville dragway that got shut down by people complaining that they bought houses in new estates? that were built 20 years after the drag strip but didn't like the noise?
1: That's it. It was crazy. And being typical uh, Townsville drags, all you had to have was long pants and shoes. I raced, I've got the video, I'll post of me in uh, Levi's and gym boots and racing my brother. And honestly, Rob, Rob will tell you this, he raced uh, beside me and he pulled a wheelie for 400 metres on his bike. <laughs> Seriously. And the, and the commentator gets him back and goes, mate, do you want to have a run at doing that by yourself? So Rob done another wheelie, the whole thing, 400 metres of the whole, just by himself, just oh, not off the lighter or anything. But Townsville Drags was so much fun. And I've, I've got the distinction there. My car has never been beaten, but Robert took it out for me. I was at work, and he goes, can I take your white VK to the drags? And I'm like, sure. My cousin had that 351 4V uh, XY, but, of course, top ladder being a top ladder, the thing wouldn't shift. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my 16-second VK beat it, and don't worry, we give it to my cousin over that. And Nigel, uh, the big bull, my nephew, he had a fairly fast VXU. But yeah. he, put, he put the stockers on out there to race it because he didn't want to fry his tyres. Yeah, yeah. And the thing just wouldn't move off the light. It just wouldn't move. So Rob, he won about three or four races in a row and took it home. because I'm not racing it again. It's 16 second passes, he beat my cousin's 4VXY and he beat Nigel's VX. It was funny as.
0: <laughs> Quit while you're ahead, definitely. But, you know, that's the thing. The TurboSmart DYO, dial your own. I'm talking the margin between the first place getter and the tenth place getter. So, when I talk about this, I'm saying that the difference in times is in how close they were running on their nominated dial-in. It runs a bit different to normal dial-your-own. Basically on the Friday, people have to nominate a time. Right, so say for example to make the maths easy, actually it's not going to make it easy, but just to make it, talking about it easy. Say if I dial in at 13 flat, I nominate that my time over the quarter mile is 13.00. Basically what I need to do then when I drive to Warwick the next day, on the 8th mile, I have to run a a pass that will equate to a 13 second quarter mile. So to do that, you get your 13 seconds, you divide it by the nominated 1.555 to adjust it for an 8th mile time. And so if that works out to be... I'm totally guessing here, okay. So if that works out to be 7.5 seconds, I need to run as close to a 7.5000 quarter mile as I can on the eighth, and then when I return on the Sunday to Willowbank, you have to run as close to a flat 13000 as you can. Right. So this is what yep. we're talking about here. So it's a bit of maths involved in you know, it. The difference between the winner and the 10th place getter was less. It was something like three hundredths of a second okay? But the thing I am trying to explain is to really purely understand is that positions two to nine were within that three hundredths of a second. So Andrew Dunnett, who won it in his CL, uh, as in won the Your Own in his CL Valiant Ute, he was something ridiculous. It was like 0.00469 of a second split, which is basically, um, yeah, so he was four, That's Moto, that's
1: Moto end, isn't it? <laughs> That's there. like
0: four thousandths of his dial-in time so you know what i mean like this is how close the racing was so pretty much anyone who was running one-tenth of their dial-in you you came like 27th 28th out of 40 50 people if that, you know what i mean that,
1: yeah that tolerance is like that's the finish of moto GPs, is crazy
0: it is crazy and that's how and the people like these people are awesome racers the entire class. I, I can't say enough about how impressed and just amazed I am. And I'm probably dribbling shit about this now. But I was seriously so impressed that these, these drivers in their cars cut such... Look, we always used to talk about tenths and it came down to hundreds. But we're talking thousands and ten thousands of differences between people's times. Whether you come first or second. It's incredible.
1: and I, I think Andrew had a mutt on board.
0: Actually, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, Phil. His cousin Phil. Is that matter 351? That's him. Yep. Yep. They were... Shout out. Yeah. G'day, Phil. And look, they had a great time too, and they're both good guys. And look, really, to be honest, all the people I spoke to at Drag Challenge were good people, you know, and that's sort of what makes it such a fantastic event. The only thing I do find, and this is probably just, you know, how it is, I suppose, like, I'll be talking to people and they say, oh, yeah, what car you got here? And when I tell them it's my Disturbia panel van, a lot of... Obviously, not everyone (laughs) kind of likes that car, it's almost like oh right and you just sort of see their, their faces drop a bit it's even like oh fuck that piece of shit that ugly thing and ah, it's kind fuck. of funny no no but no seriously yeah. it's not like I have sour grapes it's just funny like people's reactions people go oh man that's so cool I remember that from when I was a kid you know that style yeah. and um, driving along like you're driving along between stages and the good thing with drag challenge is you're on the drive people are so helpful you know if someone's having problems people will stop and see if they need a hand and it's really friendly like that and it's very obvious when you're like driving on these back roads as Scotty sets for you where you've got to go through via Timbuktu to get to Warwick from Willowbank. You know a drag challenge car when you see it. If it's driving towards you, for starters, they've got the drag challenge stick on the windscreen, but secondly, there's not many old school cars on the road. So it's good, you know, you give people a wave or people will give you a wave. I find most of the time people would wave back, which is pretty cool. But um, it was just a great feeling. It's just a great atmosphere. And I really hope it's something they bring back to Queensland again. So,
1: yeah, that no, was a
0: great time. I actually, uh, the only probably hiccup I had was I egged a tyre on my panel van. On the way back so that's sort of something i had to look at and I, you know it doesn't matter how much preparation you do sometimes like whether it be all the tools and spares in the world i freaking egged one of the front tires like got tread separation so um yeah that you
1: wasn't have, the go you have a spare or do you have to run a dodgy spare or put them on the drive and then run them on the steer
0: no it was a steer tire anyway it was just the right front and i could feel it coming in kind of by the time I actually got past about Willowbank on the way back, and I basically just, just cruised it home, you know, I could just feel it coming in, and the thing is too, is like the tire's 2011 tire, like it's an old tire, and to be brutally honest with you, in my work, like tire failure is a massive thing that gets looked at, and it's something that I really should know better about, but I guess that, I remember buying those tires, it was like it was yesterday. So I guess the trap for sort of young players and old players, and that's whether you spell player like Y E R or <clears throat> Y A, depending if you're how cool you are or not. But like, it's to actually check the age of your tires because the tires are got like seventy percent tread, like the good tires, but two thousand eleven, like the, like the seven years old, and that's basically why it's like go because of the age. But the thing that really surprised me with that was. I went and got two new tires to the front, right? The left tire was fine, but you know what? Just replace them as a pair as you do. I went with a different brand this time. And the tires that I got supplied, I didn't really take any notice. I just dropped the rims off and I picked them up later in the afternoon, busy, busy, rushing around. I got home to chuck them on the car. It wasn't until I actually went to put them on the car. I noticed that, you know, in the side of a tire, it actually has the week and the year of the tire yep. manufacturers in it, right? Yep. Now, one tire was 0214 and the other tire was 0314. So we're talking the second and third week of 2014 was when
1: these tires four were manufactured. Four years old. Yeah. Mate, four years old to start
0: with. Mate, brand new tires. Like the little teats on them, like everything's there. They are brand new. Oh, sorry, they've never been used, like never been on a road, but they were four years old before I even started, you know? So I just took them back. I took them back and said, mate, come on, this is unacceptable. Seriously. Like, it's something that you really have to be conscious of. And I don't care if they've been in dry storage or shady storage. You don't want to be running tires old. So, it's something that people definitely I'd recommend you check. And, like, yeah, so I end up getting, you know, tires that are actually manufactured in this year. So, but
1: Did that's the put- thing. Did you put the egg tire on the back and fry fuck out of it before we changed it? <laughs> I should have. Sorry. I should have. Not, not fry fuck out. Did you pro-peg the shit out of it? <laughs> <laughs>
0: pro-peg. That's about as good as it gets. But um, yeah, look, so look, anyway... Drag Challenge Weekend, I'd highly recommend anyone to go, whether you race or whether you just come along and spectate. We had a fantastic time. So it's it's one of those things too where it's great actually to catch up with a Street Machine crew. It's very rare that everyone's kind of, or nearly everyone's in the same place at the same time because, you know, we're dotted all over Australia really. So it's kind of good to catch up with people in the flesh. But I tell you what, and I've got to give kudos to them not saying, including me in this, because I basically was just looking after one thing. But mate, guys like Telf and Scotty and Andrew Broads, all the photographers and the video guys, they bust their asses to put on this event. And you know, you've got to give kudos to these guys and the positive response that people just for me talking with people passing on they had a fantastic time but you know these guys basically are up at the crack of dawn busting their asses all day working late into the night like they're not out drinking beers at one o'clock in the morning in a car park like they'd want to be they're in there getting videos done getting stories done so people who aren't actually able to make the event can see it online as soon as possible because people obviously scrabble and are just clawing for updates as you are because it's such a great event it's so many people going, no oh, where the, where's the fuck videos, you know, like people on Facebook. They don't realize, like, you can't just video something and put it up straight away. Like, it doesn't work that way. You could probably do a live cross, but of course, you've got to get decent reception for that. But these guys bust their asses, and I know Telf was running probably on two or three hours sleep a night if he was lucky, just being that busy. So, you know, you just... I really just want people to understand, appreciate the hard work that goes into it to make it such a fantastic event by all that crew. So,
1: yeah. On that, on that note, being a massive fan of, of Street Machine Magazine, now, Sam, I was only thinking, and I was talking to somebody the other day, saying that Street Machine Magazine is our interface to the cars. I'm never going to, well, not never, but very rarely am I going to go to actually get to see Xbox. Am I going to get to actually see the cars? The only time that I'm going to have in, interaction with the top twenty cars, like happy with them cars is in the magazine so when guys like thorough when them guys to take the photos when they do the actual story in the magazine that's a like me like every other punter out there that may be our only interaction with that car yeah so it's, import- yeah, that's it's exactly important right. to us and and that's actually something that i had some contact to something else but i'll, I'll bring up here while we're talking about street machine can be our only interface within cars and and i do really like it the photos and bits and pieces when you see specific photos particular photos of cars like, it took me 30 years, mate, to see HQ for you. Yeah. 30 yeah,
0: that's years right. between
1: seeing and. So, I may never get to see, well, we won't get to see the cum Chevy, uh, you know, Norm, uh, what's his name? Izzy. Oh, Bloomers Science, yeah, yeah from yeah, cum yeah, racing, yeah. yep. Yeah. The only time I ever get to see that car is in the magazine. So, for us, it's important. And you're dead right when you touch on that. Topic saying it's a lot of passionate people putting together a hobby for us. And, and, of course, I'm always going to be a, a fan of that magazine, but you, you're dead right. That content is us, is us for ours to own when they put it forward like that. You're dead right. I, I couldn't agree anymore, mate. There are a lot of passionate people making it good for us. And, you know what? I was talking to um Ollie from ADB, and he said, all that online content, all that stuff that they do is fucking free. Yes, so they, that's right. And then you, jer- then you get some then you get some jerk-off that writes, oh, why didn't you just cover the fucking Honda or whatever? Fuck you, it's free, buddy. You know, like, you're getting this shit for free anyway. And I thought that was yeah. a good point, you know? Yeah. Look, definitely. And I think
0: one thing about especially seeing cars in the flesh, like, it's very rare that you get to see, I guess, interstate cars in the flesh. Sure, hot rod shows and stuff you can, but like I say with the 30s, it can make an actual difference to your overall impression on those cars. And I guess that's something I learned firsthand at Drag Challenge. Mate... Terry Singh racing that HDT block. I love it. Yeah. Okay, it's a replica. Can I just say just quickly a little sidebar as we do? Like, Terry Singh, he ran 766 at 179 mile an hour on Sunday at Drag Challenge. And Ah. I actually... Oh, man! I saw that pass I was sort of standing in front of the corporate boxes there at Willowbank, so I was sort of watching it from behind. I was having a chat with um Andy McConnell like fireball. We're having a bit of a chat about various stuff. His mate had a really tough h g premier twin turbo thing there we're having a bit of a bit of a yapping mate this Tur- uh, not run this commodore It was the probably the one of the most unbelievable passes I've ever seen, from especially like looking at it from behind the car, like watching it from behind the car it literally was like it was shot off as like a shot off in a rocket it just was it was there then it wasn't and it was dead straight just a dead straight perfect run and the crowd roar when he did 766 it was fantastic to watch and you know, also, on on that impression thing, just quickly, oh, and quickly, hey, with that VC, when they had it featured on Facebook, some dickhead's gone. Oh, jeez, I hope it wasn't a genuine brocky. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. The fucking car has just done 766 and was driven between tracks. Who cares if it was or wasn't a, it's not a genuine brock, but who, who would give a shit if it was?
1: I'd prefer Seriously, if it was, yeah. If watched, I kind of would have
0: too, to just start to annoy the yeah. shit out of people. Seriously, a but...
1: fucking car show.
0: Yeah. Oh, look, this guy, Tim, I don't think he'll mind me mentioning this, but as in this is a different thing, just about impression. I was having a chat to him on the Sunday and he said to me, he goes, oh, he goes, we saw you driving around on the Friday, like, you know, in between, like doing the run from Willowbank towards Warwick. And he goes... I'd only ever seen your panel van in magazines before. And he goes, mate, he goes, he I fucking hated it. He goes, I thought it was the ugliest huh. thing out. I'm like, oh, look, fair enough, mate. I don't care if people hate it, as long as they actually understand what it is. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. He goes, but then I saw you driving on Friday and you parked it up near the street machine tent. He goes, I thought, oh, wow, you know, kind of, it's got presence. So he goes, I never realized how, like, high it was and how massive the rear tires are. And it's kind of almost got a cartoon look about it. And he goes, so I thought, oh, sort of seeing it 3D, oh, you know, it's... No, oh, it's not too bad, you know. And he goes, then we saw you driving on Friday. We were following you for a while and then you drove past us when we were at the servo. And he goes, mate, seeing that thing on the road, actually driving, he goes, I get it. I understand it now. He goes, you just, you can't, he goes, people's heads just snap like General Joe blows and like kids are giving you the thumbs up and going, whoa, and yelling out you. And it kind of makes a difference and it feels good when sort of people, you know, can change their opinion on something too you know, like with I've, with what you do. And I don't know, it was kind of just, I, I thought that was interesting. It's gone from like hating it to actually thinking it's not a bad thing. And look, I'll be honest, I've done that with a couple of cars too, where I've thought, mm, you know, it's not really my thing. And then I see it or I hear it and I go, you know what, loving it. So it well, does make a difference.
1: That's where um Brett Abraham, Car 35, was telling me he's seen Johnny Sad's car in real life, the Mazda RX3. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, Pretty, another one.
1: Pretty easy to take the piss out of the car, right? obviously being a chook cooker. But he goes, when he's seen it, he goes, mate, fuck me. You want to see that thing? So he yes. went, same thing. When you said it, just a quick disturb your um, a story. I, I had the magazine at work a little while ago, and I was just showing this guy at work. And i go, look at this, you know, getting all excited. You know how I get excited. I'm going, this is me fucking mate's panel. van. look at the fucking thing. You know, it's got the Trans Am front end and all the murals. And he goes, fuck, that's ugly. But I remembered a few years ago, he had a PT cruiser. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I've just gone. I've just shot him in the head. I've just gone. Well, it's no fucking PT Cruiser. And man, at dead set nearly dropped him. I seen his knees buckle, and I walked away. Well, I won that one because you had the fucking PT Cruiser. <laughs> Listen, <laughs>
0: yeah. a, a Nikki or a Lada Neva would give you more street cred than a PT Cruiser, I think.
1: In the age, I've, I've known this guy for years or whatever. But it's just funny as fuck that I've got a good memory for cars.
0: Yeah, yeah, but for sure. That,
1: you know, I, I showed it to him, and I've known him for years, and he's like, "Oh, fuck that's ugly." So and that I take that bit personally. Well, it's not, <laughs> it's no fucking PT Cruiser, and he's it, it, probably got a Prada now or something. Or other. But yeah, that's it, it is what. It, it's good that people don't get it, and it's good that people don't like it. It makes it even more important, I think. I guess so.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, you just got to build the cars you want. You know, so when you die, you've done what you've wanted to do. Really, as far as I'm concerned.
1: But uh, if, if yeah. everybody if everybody liked it, you know what? Soccer's the most popular sport in the world, and Camry's the high a uh, Corolla is the highest selling car. So there you go. If you want to play to the numbers, go and play soccer. Drop your <laughs> Corolla.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Hey, um, can you hear that? Can you hear that noise?
1: Describe it. It sounds like Steve
0: Loder approaching. You'd be right. Hey, uh, mate, it's time for a bit of um.
1: Bible studies. Gotta take a piss first. Okay, you go for it. Three seconds. Okay.
0: Rolling down to Dallas. My wounds provide my palace. off to New Orleans or who knows where. Places new and latest too. I'm BJ McKay and this is my best friend there.
1: Sorry, mate. Are you sure you did a whiz? That you was gone for ages. That was the first piss I've done since I left school. Well, it felt like it. <laughs>
0: I could have made like a ham and tomato sandwich in that time. But I, no, good on you. I can like you. I could feel
1: better. Tomato sandwich. Oh man, that was the best piss ever. Can I tell everybody awesome. how good that piss was? Yeah, you just did.
0: Hey, um, mate. May two thousand eighteen street machine magazine. Right. Let's get cracking on that. I need to know your rig of the month and why.
1: My rig of the month. Obviously the uh Shane Keane's Blown E-H-U. Okay, yes. You know I picked that as a tough photo a a couple of episodes ago, didn't
0: I? Yes, that's right. From Summonats, was it, I think? Uh, Yeah,
1: just to stand out, I've seen it sitting there. And especially the way that it was written in that particular street machine, had 400 cube big block with a blur. And I thought the actual story in the May street machine is by Andrew Broads and the photos are by Thurgood. But uh, it's a cover car as well. I like red utes. I like red cars. I like the Terminator, like HQ for you. I like Grunter, I like Disturbia. I like the four hundred cubic inch Dart Chev combination, the wheel and blower, the T three fifty. What there's nothing that you can't like about this car.
0: It is a tough looking Ute. It looks apart. You can't beat that blown. I love the red on and red interior too. Red paint yeah. red interior is a cool combo as well.
1: Triple red. So. Triple red, I call it. It's got the um the old school carby scoop, you know, like the on the top of it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. So cool. Yeah. I like it is cool. I like the kind of commercial aspect of it a little bit, with you know the clip-on tourna cover. It's not some some sort of clever show tourna cover or anything. It's just, mate, it's a clip-on tourna cover. To be honest, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's probably fairly well built, but it's not just a, it's not something a hard cover. It's not something tricky, you know you'd be tempting when you're building a, an elite car or an elite you to do something tricky with the, with the cover or stuff but it's, it's got none of that it's got do you see it's got the normal twin sticks coming out of the back of it
0: yeah yeah that's right it's just i don't know it's kind of a mix of new and old school but it does work on that thing it actually works well in that you you know at the big diameter rims you know with me i'd put auto drags and everything but it's got big diameter rims and it looks good it's kind of like a bit of a modern take on an old kind of pro street theme i guess you know but it, it actually works i think the color does a lot for it to make make that work and how mint the chrome work is too so
1: there's something uh, i think you have to help me i think it's got tinted windows in every photo the actual drivers and passengers windows down but the quarter window and the rear window they're tinted so i'm presuming all the windows are tinted yeah it could
0: be yeah yeah.
1: and, maybe. and, and, and you're right about the color that color it's hard to take a bad photo like thoroughly done an excellent excellent photo excellent it's not a bad angle it's not a bad color that ute would be very hard to take a bad photo. You have to drop your iPhone in dog shit to take a bad fat of that. Thing. <laughs> That's it.
0: Hey, um, would that did that car make your poster child as well?
1: It did, of course. It did. It went straight up in my uh, in my shed as, as the poster child. Did, if can you have a look at the if you've got it in front of you, is the column shift being changed to right hand side? See the blinker and the. I think he's put the actual shifter, the gear selector, on the right hand side of the column. Maybe to free, right. up, free up a bit of room with the bench seat, the cruising with you. It doesn't say anything in the story. Maybe I'm over editorialising it. <laughs> There's a word. But um, have a look. It looks like the shifters on the right hand. The gear shifters on the right hand side. It actually does, as
0: usual. I'd never noticed that. And you, being the super guru of reading magazines, that's an interesting concept. Maybe it is. Look, it could be. I haven't actually. Well, I haven't remembered reading anything about a steering column change, whether it's come from something left hook, who knows, but that does make sense. It does free up more room inside, for sure. Mate,
1: what would you consider to be your rig of the month, my friend?
0: Okay, I'll try and make this as uncomplicated as possible, but you know that's, no, that's don't, really impossible. No, yeah, don't.
1: There's no reason to. All
0: <laughs> right. Youth Movement, the HG Premier by Nick Andrula. I hope I've pronounced your name right, Nick, so my apologies if you haven't. That black HG Premier sitting yep. in with a 434 small block? Just tough as everything about that car, the color, reverse cowl, the auto drags. Look, I'm not 100% sold on beadlocks on the back like on the auto drags. Or oh, beadlocks and anything, really. That's just my own personal preference. Like, with any car, I just... The beadlocks just do I know it's just kind of something that people obviously need to use if they're running high horsepower or but story sort of a trend or a bit yeah. of both. Yeah, but I just... It just kind of makes the wheels look like 13-inch diameter on the back and 15s on the front. But, and look, that's the only thing I would probably change, but I love that car. I love the fact that this guy's 23. He's a Gen Y, and he's just thought, you know what, fuck this, I'm just going to build a tough car. And it's a beautiful car. Like, I'd have that car sort of You know, any day of the week. So that's definitely my rig of the month. Was followed closely by Jared Woods' XT Falcon, the silver falcon.
1: fuck, that's tough, man. Oh, man. It had to be a blow on H to knock that thing. That thing is a tough... I could almost give that equal first. That's a toughie, that thing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. And that scoop, I love the bonnet scoop. You know, look, I don't know if I've just got a mental illness that hasn't been diagnosed or what, but I see that picture and straight away, (laughs) and straight away, all I can hear is, you know the theme from The Omen, that movie, The Omen? Or I see that photo and I see that bonnet scoop, and I just hear that theme of the omen and then when you look at the engine bay I hear the same thing
1: I don't know the film, sorry, nah
0: <laughs> Okay, um, I'll just play it for you now Hang on Righty yeah there you go so do you remember yeah yeah so i hear that theme whenever i sort of just open up the magazine and see that photo that bonnet scoop is super cool and i reckon if you put a lip along the bottom of it you could make that like legal in queensland with the roll test i'm already thinking about ways if you put a bit of a lip on it just to stop the sphere going up your bonnet in the middle i reckon you could make that legal but look i just really like the look of the car the silver, I like what he's done with the stripes. He's done sort of like a bit of a personal twist on the GT style stripes. Yeah. And the fact that XTs are kind of my favourite model Falcon as well is a big bonus.
1: Anything, yeah. anything that's not a GT knockoff or off is good by me. You know, something that's just wait. Because that's the thing with XYS, they look so. Me and my brother talk now that XYS are so good as a street car. You know, without the shaker, without the stripes, without the bits and pieces, they have just got that perfect. Like Lucy's saying that EH is the car that anybody yeah. draws. I think the XY that's right. the XY is the the Ford version of the EH, AH. it's just the perfect shape and it doesn't need doesn't need a whole lot of bells and whistles.
0: No, that's right. And I just think it looks really cool. Like I said, the, the, the scoop makes that car and it's kinda of like the big open up and say, Ah, it's like when you look at the photo of it. So that that would be it. And of course that then as a result was my poster child pick for this issue.
1: Oh so, cool. Yep, you went for that. Yeah. I just went for yeah. the blown EH AH because it's just Two things, it's blunt and it's an EH. A-H.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. Look, it's a great car as well, but there was sort of spoil for choice a bit. I mean, don't even get me started about the seventy Dodge Charger, which I kinda of think's cool too, the black one. But um have you got a got any good action Jacksons for this for this issue?
1: I have, just let me find it. Special mention. Oh actually, yeah, on page sixty seven. The Lotus Cortina engine bay photo. Oh yeah, Have
0: a look. yeah, that 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 comes in my um, special mentions. That car, yeah, it's, most it, definitely.
1: It's like a fucking wheelbarrow full of tits. You just you don't know. You're like, where do I look? It's just incredible. The good thing about it is, if you look back one page on sixty six, you can see the fifteen, mm. 15 inch two two five tires. Yeah, yeah. And then you see yeah. the then you see that engine. You think them tires, if they're not shitting themselves, they fucking should be. <laughs>
0: That's right. You know it's funny, that Mark One Cortina, just having a V eight manual Mark One Cortina to start with would be just an awesome car to drive. It would just be like driving on butter, right? But the fact it's actually got a pro charger as well. It just It's a fantastic car. Fucking I love it.
1: Fucking crazy, Kiwi. That photo is by um, Alistair Ritchie, actually. It's a great. It's a great. I just like the way that within two inches in the magazine, you see that mad blown engine bay. And then you see them little 15s, you go, well, something's got to give. It's like Mar- <laughs> Mar- Mar- Mark Delacquist's Escort, or it's like seeing his yes. Corolla for the yeah. wheels, yeah. Okay, something doesn't yeah. work there. But um, <laughs> page 78 is a special mention, too. For me, there's a, a white Datsun 1600 and a drag race yeah. and a green Corolla. In strip, oh, yeah, yeah. That's face. a great
0: photo, actually,
1: too. I'm, I'm yeah. always going to stick up for the four cylinders, man. I just, I like you say, you got a mental illness, mental illness. There's something wrong with me. I do like four cylinders, and they've got a place. They, they have a place. Especially the old-school four cylinders, like, you know, the SR such-and-such such or whatever, and the Sylvias, whatever. It's not my uh, – it's not where I – you know, I like the Corolles. Mm. I like the old Corollas, the old Datsons. You know I love v Beatles and all them That's right. No. What have you got definitely... like some photos?
0: Mate, I guess if we stick to special mentions, yeah, it was definitely Simon's Mark One Cortina with a you know V eight manual plus a pro charge. I think that's pretty cool. If you look on page one hundred seven, there's a red XB hardtop. It's actually got a target top conversion that was done in the eighties. It's red with uh, hot wire mags. I kind of think that's really cool. And on page one hundred five, just preceding that, it's from the All Ford Day story. There's a silver XB, and again, it's kind of one of those, I look at that photo and I see that silver XB and I can almost hear it. I can almost hear just this tough sounding Clevo, you know, I don't know why, just the way the car is, the stance, it's got the front spoiler, it's got the white tyre lettering. It just just oozes tough to me. And, you know, look, yeah, I'm not specifically going for XB hardtops. It's just sort of what, you know, floated my boat as far as that goes. Yeah, so that's kind of it. Look, as far as action shots, I like on page 8. David Robert Stevenson's The Statesman, you know, the, the chop-top statesman yeah. doing a big big burnout. That looks really cool. It's actually like a car that's not only for, for summer that's cruising, but it actually has go as well. Like, it actually performs too. And look, I was always a massive fan of, do you remember Craig Parker built that baby cup? HQ sedan, which is like a convertible. Yeah, this is in sure. a very early, yep. these days he'd probably be he'd probably be hammered for like wrecking a classic in inverted commas, but that was probably one of the first Summonats cruisers. Him and Paul Cundy used to build sort of these Summonats specials and I remember that car specifically. I always loved that Baby Cup HQ, so I think that's kind of why I've warmed to the Statesman as well, being Chop Top. As far as probably my favourite action shot of the magazine is page 79 on that, thank yep. God, it's Friday. From I know what you going to pick.
1: I know what you're going to pick. The yep. black
0: Mustang. Yeah, oh, no, 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 no Different one. Sorry, yep. cool. Yeah, what would you go for for that? I think that black Mustang shot
1: is fantastic. Are you thinking XB up the top? Yeah, of course I fucking am. The, the black one, the Matt black <laughs> yeah. with the GT. Yeah. It's of the fat 14 or 15-inch wheels, the GT. See the number plates? Four sixty.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like it's got the ironing board on the boot lid too. That's very cool too. Yep. Um, I think lastly, if you look at page 153, like in the On Any Sunday, there's a VH charger at the top of the page and it's got heaps of rake and it's like hauling ass around some track somewhere.
1: I know the one. Yeah, that looks cool. I definitely know it. Yeah,
0: I'm a big fan of that. I think that's a great photo. And that car, look, I love rake and especially on chargers, they've just got that stumpy, the stumpy ass and I think chargers with rake... It's hard to find anything tougher, especially with that kind of in, in-built rear spoiler they have from the factory You know, like the, on the tail there. They're just such a great shape. I meant to so
1: pick that have... one too. I don't know how it missed my list. You're right. One thing about that statesman you are mentioning, the most important fact is from guys like me that are from New South Wales. I'm sure while you're busy bending bananas, you may have missed this. Have a look at the umbrella. What's it say on the umbrella? To, it's twoies yeah hallelujah that's that. <laughs> right for anybody who we're, we're not, when we travel down from queensland whatever the first first place that we we come to is um maitland new south wales yeah when you see yeah. the inland way that's the first thing you see the big stags head when you come in all the pubs it replaces all the forex gold signs you know you get the yeah the big yep. stag heads
0: Mate, did you have anything? Uh, this is, I guess, starting from something I read in the magazine as well, but we want to talk about a new bit of a segment we're doing called Home Wrecker. And it's pretty much something if you've seen a car or you're building a car. Now, we're all for these. Let's just make this 100% clear. We're all for these. Sort of, I guess, the whole Rector Classic thing is something that pisses both of us off to no end. So, I was really interested to read in Street Machine, in, the, in your Facebook section, there was that V6 Monaro, the silver one, that had been repowered with a Toyota 2J engine. Yeah, did I you thought, yeah, I did
1: read re- through that? I did. Oh,
0: stupid question. Of course you Yeah. Mate, having a read through that, the best comment in that whole entire in your Facebook, and I read this actually online as well, so I'm I've gone to, kind of having a bit of an educated guess at it. Hang on, I just need two seconds to find it. Hang on, mate. Yeah. Please hold.
1: Oh, fuck me dead. Hang on. None in your wildest dreams.
0: Okay, my favorite comment from that entire in your Facebook, both in the magazine and online, is from Steve Eason. Here we go. I quote, a comment up further says they are fourteen to $24,000 now. Say this was a $14,000 one with a dead engine. Say it will be worth $100,000 in 30 years. So $86,000 over 30 years is $55 a week. I'd get more than $55 a week worth of fun out of a 2JZ Monaro than parking my $14,000 in the garage for 30 years so I can have an extra few dollars when I'm 70. <laughs> boom, boom.
1: That's have said it Better. That is well yep. done.
0: Yep. That is definitely. And you know, look, I, I guess this whole homewrecker thing for me came about just a couple of comments, things that people have said to me recently. You know, good mate Paul, who we've spoken of before here, his neighbour Wayne has built this really nice LX Trina hatchback, right? Yep. He started off with a rusty piece of shit six-cylinder SL hatch. He's restored the scene. He always loved SSs. But, you know, with having, I guess, the time of what they're worth now, genuine SS, he, he thought, oh, I'll just build a replica. So he's built this red SS. And it's got, like, orange stripes and stuff. It looks really cool. He's taken it to, a like, a Hot Rod show over Easter, like a hot car show. And this guy's come up and said, mate, it's got the wrong wheels on it. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about, mate? It's got GDS wheels because it's got HQ brakes on it, right? So he's updated with, you know, like, GDS wheels. And not only that, he fucking likes GDS wheels. He likes that whole L34 sort of Toronto look with the GDS wheels. and You know, they widen on the back. It looks really tough. It's a cool-looking car. And he's got some friggin' cocksmoker having a go at him saying, oh, you've got the wrong wheels on it, mate. They have 13 standard with hubcaps. Uh. And he said he nearly decked this bloke. He just didn't. It just didn't make sense to him what was going on. Like, he couldn't believe this guy was talking to him about that. Like, that's how bad the car scene has got with this sort of stuff. Some coming, oh, you got the wrong wheels. Do you realize it's not a restored car? I'm at a hot car show to start with, and I haven't actually restored it. I put those wheels on because, you know what? I like them. It's, I just would have punched, I just, I don't know. That it, would really piss me off.
1: It's just ridiculous because... No matter where you sit in the car modification scheme, no whether you're somebody that builds them from the chassis up or you're somebody who just has changing the wheels is the is, is the very entry point. It's like a it's it's an entry sure. level it's an entry level modification due to a car. So why don't guys that are around modified modified cars understand that? I mean, it's not as if he's going, Oh fuck the bonnet's blue and the rest of the car's green. You know, it's I've changed the wheels, which is from a pea to a guy a seven year old guy that buys a fucking Land Cruiser. The very entry level to modifying a car is doing the wheels. It's just, I don't understand it.
0: That's right. And look, this is the thing too. It's at the point where a few people I've spoken to, they just don't go to shows anymore. They don't take their cars out to stuff like this because they're sick of just dealing with morons. And a really good example and a very timely example of this stuff is um, Scott Gardner, a friend of mine. He's a big Valiant man, right? He's built some really cool Valiants over the years. He's got, at the moment, he's got a few in his stable, including like a really tough Hemi 265 powered VG Pacer. And um, you know, it goes really well. He's had good success with the drags. He loves his Valiants, but he loves drag racing too. And recently, he bought an AP6 Valiant Ute. That's a roller, so no motor and box. was like a blank canvas for him. And he looked at all his options for. Basically, his plan was he wanted to build a car for twenty grand that could be done as like a street strip car. So he decided, well, look, I'm going to go with an LS conversion in it. He looked into a few different things like in Queensland he wasn't allowed to fit like a turbo barra engine because of the, the weight and the restrictions there or a 2J he thought was sort of going to be too expensive. So he went with this LS engine. He did the full LS conversion the the APCSU. It's a beautiful Ute. So far he's run at the best time of a 12.18 right, over the quarter in this thing, so it's a quick car, like, just naturally aspirated, like, the thing's a quick car, and he's having a ball of fun with it, it's fully legal, it's fully drivable, it goes well, it does everything he wants it to do, and it's within his budget, so, anyway, recently he took it to a, a, I guess, like, a Mopar-focused event, right, and he actually copped a lot of shit for the car, people saying, oh, you shouldn't be racing it here, because it's got an LS in it, he's like, well, mate, it still looks like a Valiant, like, it's got to be Chrysler in body and or soul so why can't I race it here the super part was a couple of people giving him a hard time about it were members of the club that were actually hosting this event and he's thinking to himself you know like he not only did he bring his AP6 chute, he actually went to the expense of taking three cars to that event and he supported that event yeah the three right. vehicles and he goes, you know what? He goes, it just it just makes me feel like telling everyone to get fucked. Like he doesn't mind he doesn't care. Like he'll just do what he wants and build what he wants. But he thought, how's this? He goes, I'm supporting this event with three vehicles and I've got people giving me a hard time as I've built an LS put an L S in my AP six U. But he had a blind over time and that's what counts. But it kind of it, it's just sort of a sad state of affairs when you've got people going to the effort of supporting things and doing things like this copping shit like it's uh i don't know again it's like what i always get back to and i know i sound like a broken record people and by episode eight i should have been shutting shutting up about this but i just think it's kind of a i don't know it's like the early signs to the detriment of of our sport when it's just being overtaken by restorers when we're not all restorers and people need to realize that we are hot car people for a reason so
1: exactly some of the chrysler guys i I went to a chrysler show and just felt like an absolute fucking retard i think you and i spoke i'm not I had to say some of the shit on, on the podcast, but, I, I, man, the guys are... No, actually, fuck it. I'm not going to say anything at all.
0: <laughs> okay. Hey, listen, Um, I guess one thing I'll sort of just to try and nip this up is the dumb comment, right, it's in the letters section of the latest street machine. Dingo Sharp saying that there was too much drifting covered in the mag. So, last issue, we had that bloke, Dion, saying there wasn't enough drifting. Yeah. So... I don't know if people know what the hell they're actually talking about. Like, do they actually know what drifting is or what is in the mag? Are they even looking at the magazine or are they just putting blinkers on and coming up with random comments? So, last issue, someone saying there's not enough drifting. This guy's saying there's too much drifting. But I guess at the end of the day, like, burnouts and drags are most closely associated to the street machine scene, whereas things like drifting and all that is probably more associated with the import scene and things like hill climbs and that sort of stuff where more and sprints are more associated probably with a classic car scene, I'm talking about on the whole, I'm talking about the majority. Sure you have people that mix between the scenes and that's fantastic and I love seeing bits of every type of coverage but if the drift, if, if say like the drag racing and the burnouts outweighs those other motorsports in Street Machine or any hot car magazine for that matter, it's probably because those two types of events are more associated with our specific hobby. And I don't know with this guy Dingo. With a name like Dingo Sharp, he's obviously probably just taking the piss anyway yeah. with his commentary. But it's just one of those things where it just makes no sense. It just makes no sense to me.
1: I think so, maybe I think maybe behind the scenes that's what Street Machine are getting at. go you know they're just taking the piss a little bit themselves. Because I wouldn't run them fucking letters, man. If I was if I was Telfer if I was the editor, I wouldn't even run them at all. They always have those Street Machine always have run letters in there that take the piss out. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I'd get fuck you. I don't give a fuck. Give me the letter about the guy whose fucking 14-year-old son helped him rebuild a 186. Whatever. The fuck. We put that in it. But I, I think <laughs> I, I think it's Street Machine taking the piss a little bit. They're like, damned if we do, damned if we don't. Hey, mate, have you got a Reader's Rocket to Of course I have. I've definitely got a Reader's Rocket. If only I Can't could, be with could it. find where I wrote it, my friend. Here it is. Oh, you're going to love this. I was, you know, do you see how good the cars were in Reader's Rockets? Fuck, man, it was hard this time. I, I've got to tell you I spent a little bit of time deliberating. The jury was right. deliberating. Um, I end up going for Rob Kranzgees. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm definitely not. 68 SS Camaro. Yeah, with the Centeline
0: Pro Stocks, a red one. Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, there's some EKFCs in there that are pretty cool. Got, you know, obviously the patina and the good motor and stuff. But the reason that I chose it is I like red cars. I, yeah, sure. I, I like stupid low cars. My cars, my... Ute and my uh, VK, they're too low. They're a pain in the ass, but I like low cars. I really do. The decals and the badges on that SS Camaro help. You see on the guard, the uh, 350 badge and uh, on the nose cone, it's got the SS and all bits and pieces. It's converted to right-hand drive, which I that works on two levels always say that i'm a driver i prefer a car that i can actually drive so i need a right hand drive and it also pisses off the purist you, know, you read a lot of stuff about guys who've um converted corvettes and camaras and a lot of the guys are like oh fuck it's a waste of time converting. them, I mean, it gets rid of the original you know feel of the car uh, yeah yes yeah, boring I've, yeah i know but man that car is fat and low it's only a small block so it's not a it's not an expensive car but shouldn't say that because it's fucking definitely an expensive car
0: No, I know what you're saying. Look, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And for me, I I sort of deliberated as well with what to choose, but at the end of the day, it came down to Bly and Jamie Endicott's FC wagon with the LS in it, with the GDS wheels. I don't know, like as much as, okay, it's got lots of rat rod, patina barn find, top knot. I kind of just dig the car, and I love the fact that they just wail on it, and I love the fact that they thought, well, we've got a rotten car here, let's make it good for something. They build a chassis and a floor pan, slot in the LS, and just go have a heap of fun. With a like that, if you scrape it or you know, if you scrape it up or have a bit of a ding, losing it, hanging it sideways, it's probably not as big a drama as if you'd spent 20 grand on body by panel and paint, so. And it's
1: definitely a cool car. I, I Like I said, it was it was a hard choice this, this month. There was a lot of good mm. cars in Reader's Rides. Just with the cover, I want to talk a little bit about the cover. You got any thoughts on the cover? The cover shot? The money shot? i done a little bit of research, but not enough for it to be decent. But what I've noticed is in um, in the May in the May, this this edition, it's shot from the right hand perspective. You see how the car shot from the right hand perspective?
0: Yeah. In yeah.
1: in April, the LC six shoot is shot from the left. Oh yeah. yeah. And and in March and in March, it shot from the right. I wonder is and I and I ran out of magazines. I had to go up the shed to get the new ones. I couldn't be bothered. I wonder is it left, right, left, right? Do they actually do that? Because it has been for the last three issues, left, right, left.
0: I honestly don't know. You'd have to ask Tell for that. But it's probably you know something they have to do to keep people happy. That oh you're favouring left-handed shots too much over right. You know, in this politically correct, stupid society, it's probably what they have to do so everything's fair and above board. No, I'm just bullshitting. Now I wouldn't have a clue. Hey, could you, I seriously don't know.
1: Could you shoot one card just from one side and, and get away with it?
0: Probably the problem you'd have there is the the fact that the magazine's portrait style and you kind of lose that proportion because the car, if you shoot a car sideways and run it, you know, you see them, they do that sometimes with like say on the cover now, it's got the Mark 1 Cortina down the bottom. They've done it in the past with like say, like the secondary car on the cover is shot sideways. But if you did the main car, you're going to have so much background, you'd probably lose that effect of right. how much car is actually on the page, if that makes sense. If the magazine was landscape, like if it was turned sideways, yeah, by all means. But yeah. the fact it's portrait orientation, you probably couldn't do it. So,
1: Can yeah. I I'll talk about what I call the undercard, uh, the other cars. Listen to this for the actual cover of what's on Street Machine. So you've got the main car, the red EH, but listen to this. This is what they've got written in words on the undercard. Right? You know, the undercard boxing? Yeah, yeah. This is the undercard. This is what's written on the front cover. 1200 horsepower ESP right blowing v8 Lotus Cortina yes 434 cubic inch HG premier and 550 horsepower Corolla that's, yeah, that's right. That's the fucking... So the most normal like the the most normal thing there is probably a 400-cube HG Premier, so that's the undercut. <laughs> that, that's the fucking undercut. Anyone that reads that goes, oh, fuck, I better buy this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I just think it's cool, though.
0: Big time. Hey, lastly, for the May 2018 issue of Street Machine, I just wanted to give a special mention to uh, a custom FJ Holden. Have you seen that's on the uh, Adelaide or Holden Day on page 119? It was built by Colin Denster. Back in the sixties, and a guy called John McCulloch owns it now. He's owned it since nineteen seventy-five, and it just really warms my heart to see custom F J X and FJ Holden surviving, and or really any early model Holden for that matter. Seeing they were just such a, a mainstay of the hot car scene in the fifties and sixties, and into the seventies. You know, um, what are your thoughts on that, mate?
1: Well, you, I know you're not. You know that we love humpies, that I love humpies, I love FJs, I love FXs. X's. Mm. Funny thing was when I when originally we started texting each other, when the magazine had been out in each of our mailbox about ten minutes, and you and I are crazy texting each other. And as soon as we come across that, and you have said, "Hold on, we'll keep it. We'll do it for content," uh, you know, for, for the podcast. So I just think it's one of them standout cars, and it's important that that is in the magazine, and it, it's it's. It's a great car, and it just looks unreal. And also, it points back to where we come from, to custom, putting a different front end. When exactly. was the last time yes. you've seen XB headlights in a Monaro? You'd be fucking burnt yeah. at the stake. That's right.
0: And the thing is, too, is that, say, speaking with this Humpy, have a look at the actual headlamp frames. They're almost, I don't know, like more than octagonal, but the shape of the actual headlight frames, like the thought and imagination that went into building this car. And the cool thing is, it still runs a grey motor, it's still like a hotted up grey, of course, and has the cool body mods, and if there's there's a book that was released in the 80s called The History of Holden Since 1917 by Norm Darwin. This book is chock-a-block full. It has a section specially dedicated to custom humpies, frontal treatments and rear treatments. And I just love seeing this history preserved. I'm just glad that the guy who owns it isn't going, oh, well, fuck, I'm going to take all this stuff off and put it back to standard FJ sheet metal. I'm glad that he's preserving this history for all of us to remember and, and admire as the years go on. So, you know, but you can't help but think there'd be some sort of Uneducated dipshit walking in that show going, oh, he's rector FJ or wrecked FX or whatever, without realising the car's probably twice as old as they are. With, as in in that build.
1: Yeah. Without passing judgment on anybody, and your cars, you only do with your. If you like, I really miss uh, Rex's FJ, mate. They they modernised it and they updated. Good on them, you know. That's a good thing to move forward. But fuck, I miss that car, man. You know they.
0: Yeah, it's very difficult to update a car and have it still, I guess, considered to be timeless. And that's probably where it would be very difficult, especially with a car like that. Like, that would be one of the most iconic cars in Australian street machining or hot car history is Rex's FJ. And, I don't know, it, it kind of is a shame. As much as people can do whatever they want with their own cars, don't get me wrong, it's just sort of one of those things where it almost needs to be in, like, the National Motor Museum that
1: thing yeah. for, I pissed, for everyone to enjoy. I piss myself with what Telfo calls a grey motor. See what he calls a grey motor in there? Ms. my grey matter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. as we get older, that's correct. My grey matter is not as good as it was. Are you talking about your grey motor or your grey matter?
0: <laughs> yeah, <You coughs> it's funny. We've we've lost so many custom FXFJ Holdens over the years. Like my favourite was one called Blue Jay that was built by Tony Andrews in the 60s. And like so many of them, they've just been lost to time. You know, bits and pieces of the cars literally turn up every now and then. Like there's, see a picture of a rusty front end sitting in front of someone's yard or whatever the case may be. But um, I'm just so glad to see this in such good condition, and hopefully it would be something that maybe they might look at featuring again, you know, uh, featuring for the Hot Rod Special or in-street machine itself. So that was definitely a standout to me. So, yeah, I loved it. As soon as
1: I said like, that, you you hit the nail on head. As soon as we started texting each other, you're like, well, well hold it, keep it, let's use it.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, I'm just so passionate about this stuff, oh, as you. And I know you're a massive, you know, F F J. Rex Webster FJ fan so I just sort of wanted to get your opinion on on the sides like what you think about as far as like you know in a wild custom like that guys that
1: was all so I'm glad you're a fan I could have just ended up one of those three and a half hour phone calls
0: (laughs) (laughs) all we do is just record them and call it a podcast that's all that happens there damn straight (laughs) speaking of which mate that actually wraps up episode 8 for us so um, as always got to put out the thanks Jackie and Nick Macra and Harry, and of course, the two ladies who let us do all this shit and just dribble crap for hours on end is St. Lucie and Queen Deb. So uh, thank you to everyone involved. And uh, of course, don't forget hashtag moot. Join our Instagram page. Facebook, as we say, it's a bit slack. I've I've personally been very slack on that lately and sort of sticking with Instagram because that's kind of where the action happens. So if you're thinking, oh God, these guys put out a podcast, but they put like one photo every two weeks on Facebook, you'd be right. But if you went to Instagram... A lot of good bands are back and forth too and um, it's something that I sort of definitely enjoy as to you. And it's a lot of stuff. Picture tells a thousand words. There's a lot of stuff we talk about on the podcast that we feature on the Instagram page plus a lot of stuff that we talk about to do with customs that people send us that we can't really describe in words on the podcast either. So go check it out. You won't be sorry. It's at the thong slappers on Instagram. Um, so, yeah, mate, Red, I look forward to speaking to you about Episode 9 and cracking on with 2002. We haven't even started talking about the hot cars from 2002. It's all happening.
1: Hey, it's, it's all good, mate. Yeah, we definitely use Instagram more than Facebook. I've had something come in from Instagram lately. It's too good to even post on there. I don't, I'll speak to you about what we're going to do with It's from Damien Lowe, and it's just too good. I can't. I, I cannot bring myself to post it on Instagram, mate. We need to do something very good with it. I'll talk to you about it when we we get a chance, it's really good. Sounds
0: good to me and um, of course, just so everyone's aware, next episode episode nine we'll be having a chat about our 2018 thong slappers of the year we've got a couple more people we'd like to mention who've uh, nominated or will be nominated for this so the 2018 thong slappers gen y of the year award is going off for june 30 the winner of which will receive a subscription to street machine magazine and um also too mate you had a winner of our 1991 ea falcon street machine it got snapped up about two
1: seconds after i put
0: the podcast up on itunes
1: it did mate we got- Got S Kenny eighty one and uh, we sent the magazine off to him. I think on Friday, but yeah, there's a lot of people involved in that. And just to anybody who uh, who missed out, just keep trying. We're going to give away a magazine just about every podcast now. But it's 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 us putting our money where our mouth is. We like these old magazines. I'm happy to give them away, mate. They, I don't collect anything. I'm hopeless at hoarding. But um,
0: <laughs> we had a
1: lot of interest in that magazine, and it's a good thing. I've, these magazines are cheap. They're fun. So uh, yeah, if, definitely. We're and give- if we
0: can. Speak- Yep. spread the love to other people you know especially to getting other people on board of what we enjoy
1: we're going to do it so one, there's no problems there one thing i'm terrible at is when i read a good book i give it away <laughs> i do if i read the thing you can tell with a good book if you give it away it's a good book i've given away call the Wild or um, on the road that many times i bought the thing and give it away it's the same with these magazines i enjoy giving them away so somebody else can get it and read it we put our put our magazine where our mouth is
0: you're very selfless, mate. Let me just say that. God, I've waited so long to hear you say that. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll chat to you in episode nine. Take care. All right, no, cheers.